Thanks so much, Ben. Everyone take a seat. Uh, great to get that as the way that we start with joy to the world. Fantastic. I'm going to uh, introduce my friend uh, Sid, but uh, we, we saw him before. We're not really friends. Sid, did you just say you don't have any friends? No. I said we're not really friends. Oh, we're not really friends. Professional acquaintances. Oh, well, I, it's important that we clarify our working relationship uh, there, Sid. That's, we can uh, be friends if you want. I, I think that for, for, for the general warmth of today's uh, festivities, how about we pretend that we're friends? Okay. All right. That's come here and shake. Come here and shake. Shake. That's how gorillas express affection and also that I am the silverback and not you. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yeah, look, I've got a, gray, a light grey shirt on, uh, not a silverback. That's, uh, that's very good. Hey, uh, Sid, do, uh, amidst all of your biting and antics, uh, do you know what Christmas is about? Have you, have you got an idea what Christmas is about, I think Sid? this is the point where you tell the boys and girls to be loud so I come out. Oh, Sid, go away again. I express a, expect a grand introduction. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Kids, are we got all the kids at the front? Well, okay, if you're not at the front, we're going to li- listen to your noise. What we need to do to get Sid to come out of his trailer where he has only blue M&Ms, uh, we're going to have to make some more noise. So we're going to have to sit on the count of three, we're going to have to yell out, come out, Sid. Okay? So one, two, three. Come out, Sid! No. I suspect Sid's going to be a little bit painful this afternoon, so we might have to work a little bit harder, everyone. So what we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to say, come out, O great and mighty Sid. Do you want to try that? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Okay, one, two, three. Yeah. Come out, O great and mighty Sid. Bow before Silverback Sid. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's going to be in sync with our message today, Sid, uh. so we won't... Uh, we won't kind of go that, uh, that too far. Hey, Sid, yes. uh, now that you're here, I was just yes. wondering, do you know what Christmas is about, Sid? Yes. You do? Okay, do you want to tell us what you think uh, Sid, uh, Christmas is all about? Christmas is all about Sid eating food. Well, that's a pretty common uh, understanding, isn't it, guys? Uh, Christmas can be all about food. Uh, Sid, I want you to know that isn't... That isn't likely to be the major thing that Christmas is about, although lots of us will have lots of great food to eat for Christmas. Uh, Hey, Mikey. (laughs) Hello, Mikey. Everyone say hi, Mikey. Hello. Can you call me great and mighty too? But you're not great and mighty. You're just a silly monkey. Oh, okay. Hey, Stuart, 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 Stuart. Yes? I think Christmas is all about food. Because I'm expecting a big delivery of food to have a big party in my barrel. How about that? A big party in your barrel. I, I can't imagine how big that would have to be, Mikey. Uh, that's great. Hey, look, uh, Sid, Mikey, kids, yes. do you know that Christmas actually isn't all about food? Christmas is all about Jesus coming. God, yeah, that is exactly right. It's God's birthday tomorrow. Great answer. So Christmas, the message of Christmas is all about Jesus' coming, Sid. Jesus is the bread of life. Christmas is about food. Nice. Okay, all right. Good Good connection there. Uh, good connection there, Sid. I, I want to tell you about Jesus, who's the bread of life, uh, and I want to tell you how he came into the world. And we're going to tell you a little bit about the first time that people heard the announcement that Jesus was coming into the world. Story time. It's story time. That was our little 
cut there. That's good. You haven't I, done that dance before. No, but that's what I throw it in. I think um, you need to add some turns. So I can do that. Better. How is that? Was that better, kids? Yeah. I'm feeling the love and encouragement from the kids. That's great. Okay, so kids, there were shepherds oh. out in the fields and they were watching their flocks. Wait a minute. Yes, <laughs> yes, Sid, using binoculars. No, they weren't using binoculars. Kids, it was night and the shepherds were out watching their flocks. What were their, what were their flocks of? Flocks of what? Socks. They were washing their socks by night. No, no, the shepherds weren't, watching, weren't washing their flocks by night. They were what? Their socks. I'm about to try and say the right thing, Sid, and you're confusing me. They weren't washing their socks. They were watching their flocks. Is that right? Okay. Flocks of sheep, I think they were. Is that right, kids? Yeah, okay, well, you, you know that. While they were doing that, I imagine that was a pretty quiet night. You know, they're just sitting there quietly. Sounds kind of boring. Yeah, a little bit boring. And then, all of a sudden, something appeared in the sky. And I reckon these kids know what it is. What appeared in the sky? Jamie. An angel appeared. And the angel said, glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth to men on whom his favour rests. That sounds very scary. It does sound scary. In fact, kids, do you remember how the shepherds responded? What did the shepherds think when they saw all the angels? They were afraid. You are exactly right, mate. They were terrified at seeing the angels. Angels. Yeah. Now, do you know what the angels said, Sid? The angels sang the angels' song. Yeah, but before they sang the angels' song, do you know what they said? Hi. I'm an angel. Yep. (laughs) We we, We should be friends and work together. Yeah, more than professional acquaintances or yes. something like that. No, what they said was, what they said was, don't be afraid. Oh. Don't be afraid. We bring you news of great joy. Oh. And then they sang the song, which was pretty awesome. An angel song. It was an angel song, yes. Am I ever going to see your face again? No, not that angels. Not, not those angels. We got to get out of this place. That's what the shepherds were singing. Yeah, I reckon there's some people sitting back a little way who may have heard of the angels before. These kids here won't have a clue who the, the angels, angels song. are. It's the angels song. Yeah, they didn't sing that angels song, I can assure you. They've only hey, got about three songs. <laughs> uh, so do you know why the angels came, Sid? To sing classic Australian rock. They did not come to sing classic Australian rock. They actually came to tell the shepherds that Jesus was coming. That was the reason that they were coming. Oh. To tell people that Jesus was coming. So I'm going to ask the, the, uh, the puppets. Kids, do we see some other puppets? We see Sid here. I'm going to ask Sid a question. Then we might meet some of Sid's working associates. Yes, uh, they're definitely so, not my friends. Anyway. Sid, what should people do when they hear the message of Jesus, that Jesus is coming? What should they do? Well, who's Jesus? Who's what, Jesus, Who did they kids? say Jesus was? I've got to remember. Jesus is the... Jesus is the boss. He's the king. Jesus is God. Yeah, all of those answers are excellent. He's so, the boss God king. So Jesus is the king. Jesus so that means I should eat lots of bananas. Is that right, kids? Well, it's my opinion, so... <laughs> Thank you very Sorry. much, Sid. Okay, so no, Sid, that is not what you do if the king's coming. Oh. Who else have you got in there, Sid? Should we welcome up, kids? Let's see if we can say hi to Mikey. <laughs> hi, Mikey. Mikey, what should you do... To prepare when Jesus is coming. Well, I have a nice house and I pay my monkey house mortgage and I sit mow my lawn on my monkey house to impress my neighbours and I polish my monkey car until I can see my face in it. So I don't have any time for Jesus, but I'm happy Jesus makes you happy, you religious steward person. Bye. 
Thank you, Mikey, for your, uh, for your valuable input. Uh, do, is there anyone else there that we should ask about how they prepare for Jesus? Well, well, well I think we're going to get somebody else who's a little bit uh, less furry than sheepy. Uh, let's, let's see who it is. Okay, it's Dragon. Hey, Dragon, uh, how, what should people do to prepare to, for Jesus the King coming? Jesus grew up to be a carpenter. Right. And therefore, we should go and make some furniture. Oh, wait, I'm a dragon. We should all turn into dragons and burn furniture to be like Jesus. Does that sound right, kids? No, that sounds a bit duffery as well. Let's say bye, dragon, before we hear any wisdom from dragon. <laughs> bye, dragon. Uh, let's see if there's anyone else here. His father was a carpenter. Thank you. That's very helpful. That's why we suspect. Oh, it's sheepy. Hi, sheepy. Hey, sheepy, question for you. What do you think people should do when they hear that Jesus the King is coming? Well, that was just my stage voice. Do you want to hear my singing voice? Do we want to hear his singing voice? Okay, the kids want to hear your singing voice. Joy to the world. The Lord Who am I fooling? That's an impressive voice you got there, Sheepy. Hey, Sheepy, tell us, what should people do to prepare for the coming of Jesus the King? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, that's one opinion. Is there is there anyone else left there to tell us what they think we should do? <laughs> Who's that, kids? It's Piggy. Um, Piggy, Piggy. Question for you. Question for you. What should people do to prepare for the coming of Jesus the King? Huh. Well, I have two appointments a year for Jesus: Christmas and Easter. Yes. Jesus gets two appointments a year for for Christmas and Easter. That's R- it. That's it. Yes. So, how should people prepare? They should put him in their diary for t- twice a year. Is that right? Twenty fifth of December. And also the other one. <laughs> Depending on the lunar calendar, I suspect. Very good. Okay, so kids, does that sound like the right response to prepare for Jesus the King? I think that's, that's, no, that's no good. But what we are going to do now is I think we're going to sing the angel's song to help learn what people should do when they hear that Jesus the King is coming. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Stuart. Yes, Sid. There is someone who knows. Who's that? Sir Reg. Hey, Sir Reg, get up here. Uh, Sir, Sir Reg. I think you might be jumping your queue, mate, but... Uh, no, no. A... Sir Edge. Yes? Oh, wait. I think he's off chasing the dragon that was here before. <laughs> He'll be back soon. Okay, thank you very much. We're going to have a song. We're going to sing the angel song that will help us think about how we prepare for Jesus the King. So let's see that. Oh, we've got a song before. We've got the angel song. That's great. We're going to sing 1098 God is Great. Can everyone stand up? Can everyone stand up? We're going to go for this. Uh, parents, if you don't know how to count, the kids will show you how to count this song. Is that right, kids? Yes. Alrighty, let's go, band. Let's have it. It involves counting, kids, so see if you can do your hands with me. Sid will help too. Fantastic. Okay, here we go. You ready? Last Let's again. chat with Sid some more again. That sounds like a good idea. Actually, it sounds faintly dangerous, but Yay. we're pleased to have you back, Sid. Good. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Sid. We just sang a song. We did sing a song. Eventually, we got to the angel song, didn't we? We got there. That was great. Hey, Stuart. Yes. I'm a bit confused by what the chorus means. You're a bit confused by what, what the chorus means. What does Gloria in Excelsis Deo mean? Oh, that's okay. I'm sure all the adults know because they've just been singing it. Everybody brushed up on the Latin. 
Yes, it is a little bit hard, isn't it? Hey, Zach, how are you doing, mate? Hey. Good to see you. Um, yes, what does Gloria in excelsis Deo mean? Well, here's the answer. Everyone ready? Write it down so you can remember it for next year. Yep. Trivia. It means glory to God in the highest. And that's what the angels sing. That's what the angels sang. That's right. Hey, Stuart. Yes? What does glory to God in the highest mean? Oh, that means lots of glory should be given to God who's up high in heaven. Hey, Stuart. Yes? What does it mean that lots of glory should be given to God who's up high in heaven? Oh, I see what you're doing here, Sid. You're, you're trying to say, I'm, I keep on saying things that don't make any sense. and not really explaining it. Is that right? Well, hey, Stuart. I, yes? What does it mean that not really explaining it? Well, oh, basic- sorry, that was a step too far. What's no. it mean? <laughs> basically, here's what it means, kids. You ready? Giving glory to God in the highest means making Jesus happy by honouring God with our whole life. That's what it means. Making Jesus happy by honouring God with our whole life as people come to know God and live in his kingdom. So we honour God. We say, God, we praise you and we give him our whole lives. We live that way as people who are in his kingdom. So how do you... Jesus' kingdom. What's Jesus' kingdom? Okay, kids, if I said Jesus is a mighty, mighty, what would you say? Jesus is a mighty, mighty. Well, thank you very much. Well done, Owen. I'm encouraged by your responsiveness. Uh, And you too. Thanks so much, Phoebe. Yes, Jesus is a mighty, mighty king. If he's a king, he's the king of a kingdom. And what that means is that he's the boss, Sid. Yep. He's the boss. He's the one in charge. And we will honour him when we let him be the one in charge. Ah, so people get to be part of Jesus' kingdom when they... Trust when, in Jesus ah, when and they trust have him in Jesus. be their king. Ah, so not eating bananas. Not eating bananas. No, that is right. It is not eating bananas. Uh, what about your puppets. house? Your, what about a barrel house or burning furniture? Sure. So kids, Mikey got it wrong. Oh. Dragon got it wrong. Uh, Sheepy got it wrong. Uh, Pig got it wrong. Uh, Everyone, including Sid, got uh, it wrong. We uh, don't know what it means to live with Jesus as our king. Is there anyone else there who could, we could ask who might know? No. I think you could just... Who did who, you guys say? Sid saying no. Sid saying no. There is somebody else. Sir. Sir. Sir Reg the Knight. That's it. I think for him to come, he needs somebody to have two halves of coconut to bang them together. Oh, can we have try this? Hey, Sir Reg, how are you? Hey, I am Sir Reginald, a mighty knight. And this is my mighty steed, Tinkerbell. We love Tinkerbell. and we think quite boy. It's not quite as mighty a name as you might think, I suspect. Uh, there, mighty uh, Sir Reg. steed this side of New South Wales. Yes, very good. Hey, hey, Sir Reg, we're hoping that you can help us out. Can you tell us what people should do to prepare for the coming of Jesus the King? So he's the king, is he? What sort of king? Is he a real king? Is he a real king, kids? Yes, he is. Of what kingdom is he the king of? The king of God's kingdom. So the kingdom that's in charge of all the kingdoms, the biggest kingdom, he's the boss of the big kingdom, God's kingdom. He's the big kahuna. Well, if he's in charge, then every knight knows that you must bow before the king and pay him homage and trust him and obey him. That sounds right, actually, surprisingly, Sid. That sounds like what we should do. You have a big brain for a puppet. Thank you. It fits in that helmet too. So, hey. I want to eat your brain. <laughs> so, Sid, 
We're getting to something really good, Sid. Don't do the eating oh, right now. See, just, just control yourself. Here's the thing. Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. What should we do? We should say, God, you're the, you're the king. We should give our lives to the king. And the way that we'll do that is one of three ways. We will. If you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be my king, we can pray and say, Jesus, I want you to be my king. Number two, we can start living God's way. Where would we find out how to live God's way? In the... In the Bible, thank you, Owen, go to the head of the class. Outstanding. What else we could do to live with Jesus as our king is we could pray to have him be our king. We could read the Bible to see us to live as his kingdom. And do you know what else we could do, kids? We could hang out with other people who are part of God's kingdom. How's that sound? Good. Kids, where do we hang out with people who are part of God's kingdom? Church at New Life what? Kids. Is that right? Outstanding. I think we've just about exhausted our children, which is brilliant. Uh, I haven't exhausted Sid. You haven't exhausted Sid. Well, I'm going to hope that Mandy can exhaust Sid later. <laughs> um, I'm going uh, to pray, kids, and ask that we might be able to live with Jesus as the king for us and that we might live as the way, in the way that he wants us to. Let's pray. Hey, Stuart, oh. I'm, I'm going to go now. Can I say bye to the kids? Yes, you can. Hey, Ki- kids, bye. Say yes, bye, Sid. Sid. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. I pray that you would help us to live with Jesus as our king, that we might read in the Bible how to live with Jesus as our king, and that we might meet up every week with people who have Jesus as their king. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time for the time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Well, now it is actually a little bit quieter, isn't it? <laughs> It's very nice to, uh, to have a, uh, a moment to, uh, to talk briefly about what we've just heard. I'm going to pray that God might help us Christmas afternoon or Christmas Eve afternoon to, uh, to concentrate for just a little period of time. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time set aside. I pray that you might help us to understand what we've just heard read, that you might challenge us and that you might change us. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Alrighty, well, I want to start by uh, seeing if you remember what these things were for, what they were for. Uh, so you probably remember them, but, but remembering what they were for. Uh, let's have a look up here. 
Uh, does anyone remember this? Can you see what that is? Red Nose Day. Now, at one level, what's Red Nose Day about? Uh, a bit of public humiliation, uh, a funny red thing that goes on the front of your car and never comes off again, uh, and... Yes, Annabelle, I, know, I knew you'd be all over it. Well done. And you're, you're right as well, Annette. Uh, it's for SIDS. So, so it was raising money for, for sudden in, infant death syndrome. Uh, so it was kind of fun, but I think along the way we kind of lost the message and kind of ended up with just lots of red noses all over the place. How about this one? On day three of the, uh, the Sydney Test match, something happens. Uh, for, for no apparent reason, uh, all, the, uh, all the men decide that, uh, that pink is the colour that they really desperately need to be wearing. Uh, does anyone know what that's all about, apart from just a wonderful fashion day out for the lads? Sorry? Yeah, a few of you know. Yeah, it's the, it's the Jane McGrath Foundation. Well, the McGrath Foundation, um, and it's raising money for breast cancer. I, again, I think a lot of people get dressed up, and we might not necessarily have all the meaning behind uh, what that's about. Uh, when, I was at, when I was at school, uh, I don't think I paid very much attention. My, my daughter brings home notes from school and tells me all sorts of things that are happening at school. I'm, I stand in awe. As, as a boy, I never knew what was happening at school. It's just... No clue. So, so here's what used to happen at school. Every now and again, they'd have a day that they'd call Mufti Day. I don't know what it was called in your school, but they used to call it Mufti Day. And on Mufti Day, two things happened. Uh, you would uh, get to wear uh, clothes that were different to your uniform, and you brought a gold coin in, right? Now, often I would get to the school gate, and I would look, and I would go, oh, my goodness, today is Mufti Day. I'm going to run home and get changed. And I'll come back again with the coin that I'll be able to get out of my money box or whatever it is. And I'd come back. Now, apparently, all that money was being raised for something. I can tell you definitively, I had no idea ever what that was about. Uh, I, I never knew what the money was being raised for, but I would come eventually in my, uh, in my mufti clothes, which was fantastic. Um, I think at times Christmas can be a little bit like this. Uh, we get dressed up in f festive clothes. I don't know whether you, you will wear a a red nose or pink jacket, but we get dressed up. We kind of have a bunch of cultural things that happen and at some level you can wonder to yourself, actually, what's it all about? What's it all in service of? Why do we do this? And uh, it's, it is a bit odd, isn't it, when we talk about Christmas? It's easy to lose the true meaning because we have strange stuff like we talk about reindeer. Has anyone seen a reindeer? A real, actual reindeer? All right, Simeon, well done. You go to the head of the class. That's great. I haven't. Uh, it's also extremely unlikely that the frosting that gets added around the edge of windows on shops is likely to appear while it's 35 degrees. That, that's not likely, is it? Or that a uh, slightly overeating old man is able to deliver presents to every child in the world defying the laws of physics. That, that is not likely. But that has become part and parcel of what Christmas appears to be all about. And so I want to think for us today... Uh, let's turn our attention back to the big idea of what Christmas is really all about. And I know that if you're here today, you know what Christmas is all about, don't you? Christmas is all about... Okay, good answer. If, if in doubt, if you don't know, if in doubt the answer is always Jesus, so we just say Jesus. So Jesus is the big idea for Christmas, and I want us to think for a second, what does it mean to be all in for Jesus at Christmas? What does it mean to be all in for Jesus at Christmas rather than just have him be the accident on the side of rotund people dressed in red and white. What does it mean to be all in for Jesus? In order to do that, we're going to look at three people and their reaction to Jesus coming. Uh, the first group 
are a group called the Shepherds, and we heard about them uh, just here. In fact, on Sunday, just past, I preached a whole sermon on the Shepherds. We'll do a little bit less than that uh, today, but I want to think about the Shepherds for a second. Uh, It's a bit difficult for us in Australia to think about Shepherds properly, because when we think about sheep in Australia, we think of it done on an industrial scale, don't we? I mean, it's a big deal. In fact, when we round up the sheep, uh, you know, it's, it's on the back of a motorbike. Uh, there's hardly an intimate relationship being established with these animals, is there? There's a yapping dog and there's a motorbike or a helicopter or something driving masses of sheep around. That's so far from the world where the angels appeared. In the world where the angel appears, in the Middle East, shepherding looks a lot more like this. It's a man, generally, generally a young man, actually, and they actually know the sheep by name. That's just inconceivable to us, isn't it? First of all, why would you give a sheep a name? Your lamb chops. <laughs> or woolly jumper, one of those two. You know, that's, that's all the relationship that we, we've established. But, but here's the thing, they knew each other by name and, and the sheep would follow the shepherd's voice. So we wouldn't have to beat them, chase them, scare them. The shepherd would walk and the sheep would follow. Now that's a million miles away from us here, isn't it? That's that's a million miles away. So let's keep that vision of shepherds in mind. And the Bible presents the shepherds as, uh, well, they're kind of modern-day shift workers. They're the people who work outside of the regular rhythm of church. They're a little unclean. They're a little ostracized from society. They're a little dirty. God, however, doesn't deem their lowly standing any barrier. Indeed, the God of the universe seeks them out to reveal the wonderful news that Jesus, the tiny baby born in a shed, will be the king of the world. He tells that to the outcasts. Have a listen to what it says here. You can see it in your Bibles uh, at, uh, at verse 10. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It's pretty extraordinary. God tells the lowly, the scruffy, the sheep herders, the most exciting, world, uh, exciting news in the history of the world. These were words of revolutionary joy. You see, the nation of Israel was actually occupied by foreign soldiers. And here we're hearing a king is coming who will be the saviour. That's awesome. Secondly, if we look a little bit further on, we see what the shepherds did. Uh, so verse 15 uh, tells us, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They said, we've heard it. We're going to go and check it out. And so their action is their reaction. We heard, we're going to go and check it out. That is a group of faithful people. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they started to spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They heard the good news. They went and took it out into the world. I love the shepherds' reaction, speaking out what they'd seen. So that's reaction number one. Reaction number two involves this bloke here. Um, There's absolutely no reason that you should recognise this guy. Uh, This isn't a photo taken at the time. Uh, This is a movie recreation, and his name is Herod. And uh, you'll probably have heard of Herod, uh, a great builder, Uh, Matt preached a great sermon on on Herod a little while ago. A great builder, a gifted politician, and a treacherous and dastardly human being. Which is good, because he looks that way, doesn't he? I'm not going to put him in charge of the kids out there at all. 
Uh, he ruled from 37 BC to his death in about 4 BC. So, long time ago. This is King Herod's reaction. Have a listen to, uh, to what happened with King Herod. Oh, I should show you. Sometimes it's interesting just to note. The Bible actually has history in it. Here's some coins that King Herod made. Dug up. They've got his name on it. He's a real, a real guy. There's King Herod. Let's see uh, what happened with King Herod. And you'll, again, you'll know this story, but I want to show you the reaction. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. It was a disturbing thing. Number one, because there already was a king in Jerusalem, that was Herod. The fact that another king had come was disturbing news because this guy was a psycho. Sorry, that's not really very politically correct, but he was crazy. And so if there was another king, it would actually be dangerous for everyone. So it says the whole of Jerusalem was disturbed with him. It means disturbed next to him. What's he going to do? They're worried about what he's going to do. So let's, uh, let's see what he did. Well, the Magi went and found Jesus and then they took off. They didn't come back to tell Herod. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. This guy, his immediate plan, I'm going to kill the king. There won't be another king. And that's how he's portrayed in the movie, which I think looks suitably terrifying. Um, that's the um, Bible that was recently on TV. don't know if you saw that. But that's King Herod there looking absolutely frightening. There's one other group I want us to consider today, and it's the people in the town of Bethlehem. Uh, Jerusalem, a place that gets in the news pretty regularly in Israel, is seven kilometres away from Bethlehem, tiny little town. Uh, we think that it probably had 500 to 1,000 people in it at the time of Jesus. Today it has 100,000 people in it, so everything grows a bit like Oran Park. But, uh, but Bethlehem was a tiny little town. And uh, I want you to just have a look at this reaction from the people in Bethlehem. So they hurried off, this is the, uh, the shepherds, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And this is the bit about the people in Bethlehem. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. That's all we're told. We're told that they were amazed. We actually don't know what they did next, but they heard about Jesus and they were amazed. Well, uh, let's think for a second. I, I, did, I did have a little chuckle about uh, what it would have been like being the people in Bethlehem. Uh, they're there at night, uh, lying in their beds, I assume, and uh, they hear these shepherds. Oh, the shepherds are in town again, love. Can you hear them? Probably drunk. What are they singing? They seem to be singing something. Glory to God in the highest. It doesn't sound like a normal drunk song, does it? What, what, what are they saying? Oh, they're saying that the one born in a shed is the king of the world. Yeah, they must be drunk. <laughs> they're listening in bed to the shepherds who are making a ruckus out in the middle of town. And uh, in fact, the shepherds say, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those on whom his favour rests. Peace on earth. And the wife says to the husband, doesn't sound like peace on earth tonight. I wish they'd piped down. Well, it's possible 
that they heard this great news of peace on earth and that all they did was roll over. It was just one of those disturbed night uh, sleeps. But I want us to think for a second, where does the favour come from? Where does the favour from God, peace on earth, to those on whom his favour rests? Well, it rests on those who get right with God. So let's think about the reactions that the, shepherd, uh, the shepherds, the king and uh, the people in Jerusalem had. Uh, if you're one of those people who've heard the good news today, you've already heard it, you love Jesus as your king, then can I encourage you this Christmas, here's your practical application. When we get amidst all the stuff that will distract us from Christmas and we open lots of presents, has anyone not got presents? Everyone's got presents, yeah? When you open the presents tomorrow, if you're one of these people who've heard the good news about Jesus, what I want you to do is let the presents remind you of God's presence. The presents remind you of God's presence. God's gift to the world was his son. And as we open them up, if you know and love Jesus, I want you to just remember the joy of the gift that God gave us. Option number one. Option number two. You may be someone like King Herod who doesn't want there to be another king. And you might just not like the idea of there being another king. God is the king. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, look, I came along today because someone brought me. Uh, I love them enough to come along. Uh, but you might be thinking in your heart, I don't, I don't need, I haven't got room for a king in my heart. I'm not looking for another person to come into my life and tell me what to do. At that point, you're thinking to yourself, all right, I'm not interested in this king. But I want, to get, I want to think for a moment, why? Why would you not be interested in the king of God's kingdom? At one level, I think the reason that we're not interested in the king is we're worried about what he might ask us to do, what he might ask us to give up, what his claim on our life might be. But I want you to think for a second, what if God is real? What if he's not imaginary? Well, in that case, our resisting him, our saying no to him, doesn't make him disappear It's a bit like trying to push on a wall like this and hoping that it goes away. If God is really there, we can't wish him away. We have to work out what to do with him. And I would encourage you not to keep pretending to be king. Here's Herod. Uh, Tomorrow, when we open up our bonbons, one of the things that we do... And I think it's a daggy tradition, but it's kind of one of those parts of Christmas, isn't it? You open up your bonbon and everyone puts on a paper crown. Now, is there anyone in your family who point blank refuses to put on the paper crown? My dad is one of those people in our, uh, in our, in our family. He's just like, I'm not wearing the crown. <laughs> at, at one level, that's perfectly fine, okay? Not, not a problem. Don't wear the crown. But tomorrow, when you get a crown out, where everyone at the table has a crown out for Christmas, can I get every one of you to think, am I just putting on... Am I just putting on a funny little bit of paper that I'll take off as soon as it's socially acceptable to take it off again, right? Am I going to put it on and take it off as soon as possible? Does it remind me that I should take off the crown in my heart and I should install Jesus as my king? Tomorrow would be a great day to give up pretending to be kings and queens with paper crowns. Take off the crown tomorrow. What about the Bethlehemites? The Bethlehemites. I don't even know if that's their name. It's like trying to find out the um, the people who live in Tasmania are called Taswegians. How do you work that out? Anyway, the Bethlehemites. 
What if we are people like the Bethlehemites who've heard and are amazed at the news that God has sent uh, Jesus into the world? That's brilliant. How wonderful. What should we do at Christmas time? Well, I, uh, I want you to know I've got a little present for you. Looks like this. Uh, it's called The Essential Jesus. And what it is, is the story about Jesus coming into the world. And if you're one of those people who've heard the good news but haven't done anything about it, like the Bethlehemites, I would love you to take this, totally free of charge, have a read. It'll take you 45 minutes and you can say, I have checked out Jesus at Christmas. That'd be brilliant. Even more, if you wanted to, we've got a little Care and Connect card on your seat and uh, you might like to say to me, um, in the new year, I would like to do a course called Jesus for the Curious. Uh, we run a course where we explain to people who Jesus is and what it looks like to live with him as king. So today you could say, I'm like one of those people in Bethlehem. I'm kind of interested in the announcement that Jesus is king, but I don't know what to do with it. So you might like to say on your Karen Connect card, I would like to find out some more. Here's the good news. The good news is this. It was announced by the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. As you have Christmas today, I pray that you don't just get dressed up. So you don't wander wonder around wondering what the true meaning of Christmas is, but instead that you take the opportunity to make Jesus your king and to live with great joy and thankfulness this Christmas. Because more than so much recently, we need peace on earth, don't we? Have mercy, God, and help us to be those who love Jesus as our king. Let me pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the wonderful news that Jesus, the kid born in a shed, is king of the whole world. Father, would you help those of us who know that already to rejoice in the presence of you with us? Would you help those of us who probably don't want another king? Soften our hearts, Father. Help us to take off our crowns and acknowledge you as the king. And lastly, Father, I pray for those who haven't made their minds up yet but are here checking things out. I pray, Father, you would help them to investigate carefully just like the shepherds did and that, Father, we might be able to find you, our King, that we might know peace on earth. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Excellent. It's now time for prayer. And I'm going to lead us in some prayer. And so I'll ask you to close your eyes again and we'll keep praying. Dear God, we thank you for time set aside, for the opportunity to turn our attention to you. Father, it's been in many ways a very difficult couple of weeks. Things that have made us feel afraid, concerned for our families, that we've watched those around us mourn and weep. Father God, we ask that you would have mercy on those who have lost loved ones, both in Queensland and closer to home here in Sydney. And Heavenly Father, this can be a time of great sadness for those who've lost close relatives, their mum or dad or a child perhaps. Father, as we miss those that we love, would you comfort our hearts? Father, I thank you that because Jesus has come, death is not the final word. And I pray that you would give us hope hope that looks beyond the grave to being reunited with those we love who trust in Jesus. Father, we pray too that you would grant us patience with our children, 
with our relatives tonight and tomorrow as we feast and celebrate. Father, would you bring peace upon families? Would you bring restoration of broken relationships? Would you give us grace, Father, to extend to those who are obnoxious or trying or rude? Father, would you keep those who are travelling safe on the roads? Please, Father, at this time, spare people who are travelling from the tragedy of loss on the roads. Father, we pray too for those who won't be feasting this Christmas time. We give you thanks for those agencies and people who look generously after the least in our community. Father, would you give us hearts of love and compassion that we might express your love to them as well. Father, we love you and we give you great thanks for Jesus, the King of your kingdom, and we pray it in his name. Amen.